At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMMLP operating out of Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. Good evening, it's The Rocket Shop. I'm your host, Tom Proctor, and with me tonight is Good Morning Gills. Hello. Hello, Tom. Thanks for having us in. Oh, of course. How, how are we all doing this uh, sunny spring day? Warm. Yeah, it's coming up on summer. <laughs> it's nice, though. Beautiful. We're, we're about a week off summer. Yeah. By, by the the astrological calendar. Almost there. Uh, almost longer. there. Yeah. Um, well, we always like to kick it off with a song. Uh, so what you got for us? So this is an original tune. It's called Here and There. Uh, it's from our first EP. So we'll start start everybody off with that.
morning, girls there with here and there. So, guys, we'd like to go around and quickly introduce yourself. If you don't have a microphone in front of you, you can just pop in front of one when when it's your turn. Go down the line. Yeah. Uh, bass, Stan Floyd. That's it. <laughs> uh, I'm Eric Sievert. Play guitar and, and do some of the vocals. Uh, AJ on the drums. I'm Charles. I play guitar and sing a little bit. Well, lovely to have you all in. Um, so, first song here and there from your first EP. Uh, your second EP, The View From Here, came out in 2020. Um, both of these came out in the summer. So, it fit the trend, really, to see another EP coming out quite shortly. So, uh, w w what's going on there? Well, well, View From Here coming out in uh, the summer of 2020 was impeccable timing. So, uh, <laughs> I think we're still working on the promotion of that one. Yeah. yeah but we've been, we've been working on some new material right. with, with an eye towards, uh, you know, our third EP. I think we kind of want to go towards an album this next time, though. Mm -hmm. oh, I think we kind of want to go towards an album next time. You know, we did a couple EPs, so then we're going to step it up and do maybe 10, 10 songs or so. So, we'll see what comes around next time. And so, uh, as you said, second EP came out with impeccable timing in the summer of 2020, when everyone was just, just milling around and uh, getting themselves in, in tightly packed inside spaces. Um, so yeah, what was kind of the what what was the the thought behind bringing it out then, rather than maybe waiting? Is it, did you just have all this all ready to go, and you're like, sod it, now is now or never, I'm just gonna get it out, or was there another idea behind it? Well, um, we got in the studio. Um, I think it was the first weekend of March of 2020 at Robot Dog with uh, Ryan Cohen. Um, and we were recording it and, you know, we'd just gotten out of the studio. We were really excited. We had some plans. We were hoping to do a big album release party and all that kind of stuff. And um, a week later was when we played our last show at Radio Bean for a long time and things kind of started shutting, shutting down and... Um, after that, it kind of just was like, well, how are we going to approach this? And we figured, well, you know, we don't know how long this is going to last, so put some music out. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, just push it digitally. Yeah. yeah. It kind of just became about trying to put ourselves out there without actually being out there, kind of like the rest of the world. Right. We got pretty lucky, too, in that uh, Robot Dog had us in for a uh, a set in their studio, which was pretty nice. We were able to get a... You know, a lot of people that were sitting around on their hands to be able to have something to tune into and play. Yeah, that mm -hmm. was the Lamp Club, Lamp Shop, right? Yep. It was a live set that we did there, which was a lot of fun. And, you know, Ryan Cohen and, uh, and was Christian, they were able to do the video and, and, uh, and audio of that, and that turned out really great. So that was a lot of fun for them to, you know, jump in and do some of that during COVID, which was great. Um, obviously, some of the differences it would be stark, but um, the first album coming out in 2018 and then the second album coming out in 2020, what were the, what were the big differences between the two? Because I'm obviously big limitations, but on the same same kind of uh, thought trajectory, you would also kind of establish yourself as a band at that point, so you're likely going to get more traction. So yeah, what, what was the reception like in, in comparison between those two, two EPs? Yeah, I would definitely say our first EP was a little more by the by the seat of our pants. Um, we'd been working a little bit with uh, Dr. Rick, another great local band, um, and they were able to put us up in their rehearsal space and kind of just do a, you know, a little budget EP there, which kind of got the got the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just kind of getting our foot in the door on that first one. We we got started in 2016, 
um, and had been kind of playing around time town and it was time to time to make some recordings feels like you do things by two-year increments it's uh, 16 yeah. 18 20 yeah. now yeah. you're here in 22 we might try odd numbers out yeah, <laughs> yeah. might be nice yeah um and so you as you said you, you kind of all met together in 2016 how did how did that happen like where do you guys all know each other from um well eric and i actually grew up together outside of boston mass in a little uh, little town called weston um we actually were in a band in high school together, so we were doing shows in freshman year, freshman year, sophomore year, kind of around the Boston area, um, you know. And then he went to college, and I didn't. And uh, we kind of, you know, took our little separate ways. He ended up moving up here because his parents lived up here, and then I kind of eventually, not on purpose, followed suit. And it felt like it was time to do something again. He was kind of had already something, you know. The Good Morning Gills kind of already existed under a different. You know, there was a different member there, and I fell in, and um, it just kind of worked out. It felt comfortable because Eric and I had played music a lot together in the past, and um, I didn't know Dan and AJ at the time, obviously, but, you know, we're here now, and it's definitely been a good journey so far. Yeah, I think some of the earlier chapter, uh, our, our original guitarist, like another guy by the name Dan Zaltz, uh, when I moved here to Burlington, he and I just kind of got started up playing acoustic sets. And around the same time, AJ and I were, were running a, uh, a summer camp together and started playing on the side. And a couple weeks later, it occurred to me, why don't we just pull this all together? And we, we roped in Dan. So we had Dan squared for the early part of the <laughs> band. And uh, yeah. So I originally uh, played metal in high school and everything like that. So coming to this, to this band was definitely fun, uh, you know, to try different genre and stuff so it was definitely a lot of fun did you find you had to scale yourself back a lot more like turn it down to like seven or eight rather than i try 11? i try i mean i still go to 13 and, and 14 every once in a while but i try to <laughs> scale, scale it back every once in a while if we're doing like a really live set you know i'll be moving around a lot mm -hmm. um but uh you know it's been a lot of fun you know playing with it with these guys and did you two always like have the indie in mind when you were playing as teenagers or is your kind of taste also <laughs> meandered and morphed as you've uh, you've got older i would say the latter um as far as well i'd say it's both actually i think recently our tastes have differed a lot but when we were playing in high school we were we were on a similar wavelength it was definitely heavy alternative rock like you know pretty 90s kind of sort of vibes um that was what we were into. Those were about at so, the time. So like grunge or um, I, I would pixies? maybe go as far. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say like mid like mid nineties alternative rock. Right. You know, was like where we were. And how much of that those early days the when you kind of got back together again, you two, did it kind of was it like riding a bike? It was just like you know like old times, or did you find that you know you'd grown up quite a lot and things had changed and it took a kind of maybe a bit of time to to mesh in the same way as you did when you were teenagers? Um, kind of felt like it was maybe a little bit of each, but for the most part, it was pretty seamless. Yeah, I mean, so I wasn't, I was never, I played guitar, like, um, kind of more as, I played it in previous bands, like, a tiny bit, but not very much, and this is the first band that I really did full guitar on, and that was definitely new for me and not something I was used to. Um I played bass with Eric when we were in high school, but he did the same thing he's doing now, kind of writing a lot of the music and bringing it to us and us kind of developing it. Developing it. But, um, yeah, I think it kind of 
I mean, now it feels like old times, but mm-hmm. at first it had been so long and yeah, I was moving guitar. It was weird. Moving yeah. guitar was weird, but. And how about you, AJ, at the back? Um, you, uh, have you always been kind of an indie drummer or d- have you kind of dipped your t- toe in metal, jazz, fusion? Yeah, uh, playing wise, it's always been kind of on the, on, in the same lane. Uh, music taste wise, I'm, I'm all over the map, but yeah, historically straight through playing, playing that style. Did you were you in a band before before Good Morning Girls or is this your kind of your first uh, first real band I guess? I had, I had a small casual band in high school and um, nothing through college and so this was a great experience to start playing with these guys. Uh, yeah, so pr- pretty much full on. Yeah, and I mean you guys have been going now for for six years, which is which is an incredibly long time. Um, how how does that uh, how's that worked? How, how have you seen the band change and morph? in those six years itself um and you know how, how do you all fit together now versus you know back when you were first starting out i think things are coming just a little easier we're a little more yeah. regimented uh you know playing as many shows around town as we have it's kind of easier for us now to work in our practice schedules you know amongst our you know nine to five jobs and and that sort of thing so the scheduling is improved and I, I think we've settled into to the routine yeah. yeah I think um bands are relationships for sure and um you know I knew Eric at first but I did not know Dan and AJ the first time that we jammed together was the first time I met them and um things have changed so much I think just we're so much more comfortable with each other and I think that's where really exciting things start to happen musically is when you feel comfortable with each other and you're able to not feel like you're gonna get judged by the other person when you bring something that you think is exciting forward. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I think I think what was the, here and there was one of the first songs that we played together. Like yeah, as it was as, the first. It was the first song. So that song we just played was the first one that we played when Charles as a band when Charles joined the band. So that was like pretty exciting to go there. And then you know since then you know it's always been just a collaborative effort. And you know obviously Eric brings a lot of the bones and structure to the. Uh, to the forefront, and, and we just kind of flesh it out. But I'd say, uh, you know, a lot of it is, you know, Eric coming up with a lot of those those good chords and those good melodies that, that we're able to jam on. Uh, so as you say, like, here and there, first song you ever played, performed together as a unit, and six years later, you're still playing it. As those songs, like, they've changed over the, over the years, because you must have played that song... A thousand times Double at times. this point, yeah. So is is that is that song now something that you kind of when you bring it out, it's now kind of changed quite drastically from when you first kind of played it, or is it like, oh no, we we nailed this first time round. We're just gonna keep playing this now. I, I think overall we do have a pretty structured, regimented approach. Yeah. There's there's not much kind of improvisation. We we definitely yeah. come in with a with a set plan. I mean, maybe the songs gotten you know we've 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 improved our ability to play it, but. You know, the essence of it is probably hasn't strayed all that far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd love to hear another song. So what you got Great. for us? All right. So this is a song called Clear the Air. Uh, it's it's a new one. Um, so whenever the third, uh, third EP or album comes along, this will likely be on it.
right there. Clear the air by Good Morning Girls. Uh, one of their newer songs, maybe coming up, uh, going to be on the the uh, the new EP or album, whatever it may terms, come out. Yeah. The TB, TBD. One way or another. Um, so you know, newest song. Um, tell me a little bit about that process of kind of putting an EP or an album together. So you know, you come out of the studio, or you release in twenty twenty. It's been a couple of years. Is it kind of a regimented thing where you're coming up with a song every couple of months or something, like it's a mechanical thing? Or is it a case where I spoke to one person a couple of weeks ago that he apparently wrote every single song he's ever performed and will ever perform when he was 13? <laughs> um, most people are like that, granted, but is it is it more of that kind of like all at once kind of thing and, and it's just then a case of sorting it all out? I think songs kind of just pop up over time. Um, for a couple of years leading up to COVID, I would try to hold myself to making a uh, kind of a demo draft recording at least once a month, which managed to keep up for about three years. But and then kind of just bring those in as uh, as kind of a baseline idea, and then let the uh, let the rest of the gang round out whatever they want to do with it. You know, um, I think we're really lucky because we have Eric coming into practices a lot of the time and he's like hey guys i got like three or four songs i've got that i'm ready to go mm-hmm. and we're we're like okay cool and he shows us all of them and we go through them and it's um it's kind of lucky and he records them all he plays the drums he plays the bass he plays everything he has a full recording and he comes in and he shows it to us and it makes it i mean i don't know i think it makes it really exciting and easy because we have this we already have a really nice canvas that we get to work off of mm-hmm. something that's already ready um and then it kind of comes down to us we do our own things i definitely uh, i take maybe too many liberties occasionally but (laughs) i think um we all make it work we make it our own at the end but i think without eric like just being the he he pumps out songs like no a lot of people i have not seen before Mm. honestly like very consistently i second all of that (laughs) (laughs) i yeah, so, so I mean that's incredible that you kind of sit down and you you play the bass and you play the guitar and obviously you're doing the the vocals and you're playing the drums as well. Is that always been the way that you've operated, or is this kind of a methodology that you've developed over time because you feel like it works? I mean, I think it started when I was you know my, around twelve or thirteen. I kind of you know started with guitar, but it's it's kind of nice to be able to have a sense of what you want to do with the other instruments, but also not be entirely beholden to it either. You know, I I mean, I think. That's just the first step of you know putting mm-hmm. together what I put together, and then obviously bringing it to the rest of the group. They they really you know make it take it to the next level, kind of make it three dimensional in a sense. Yeah, and you say well um, mentioned there like three or four songs come at once sometimes in practices, um, but you've got maybe this back catalogue of like thirty six or so demos uh, from your three years of you know diligently creating a song a month. Um, is it like a case of like, all right, they've, they've not finished de- demo number 12 and 13 yet, so I'm not going to give them 14 and 15 and 16 until they get that finished? Or is it kind of like, ah, oh, this is just what I want to bring to practice today because I was listening to it and it sounded great and now I want to see what we can do with it? Yeah, it's kind of some of each. I mean, sometimes there's a song I'm, I'm particularly excited about, but I think it's almost preferable to uh, to come up with a, a sampling of songs and, and see what kind of piques the rest of the, the group's interest. Because, you know, more often than not, they'll have an idea of how to approach it that never occurred to me. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, a little salt and pepper here and there. That, well, like the, like the new song we just had that we, we're not going to play today, but, you know, we didn't, there was no bridge set yet mm -hmm. for that one. So we ended up jamming on that one mm -hmm. until we got a bridge that, you know, felt really fun. And, and then we just, uh, and now that's part of that song. So it's kind of, you know, I'd say probably 90% of the time it comes with, the, you know, you know, the straight everything uh, with the bones and everything. But sometimes, uh, you know, there'll be pieces that we add that is great. And then, and then he, you know, he gives us liberty to, you know, add in those um, those bass lines and those, uh, you know, guitar uh, pieces that, that really kind of solidify our pieces as well. Yeah, fantastic. And um, how how quick is this process usually when you bring a new demo in? How long do you, does it take to get from, like, that raw demo to, to say, that final product? That, you know, clearly, yeah, you just played super tight. You guys clearly know what you're doing. You obviously practiced it and played it a lot. How long did it take to get from, you know, your, your demo version of this to, to that kind of finished product? Same right. practice. Yeah. yeah. Generally, we have, we can mm -hmm. probably play it through in the same, by the end of a practice. We kind of have, like, three mindsets. We're either learning new material and we'll just, like, hone in on one or two songs. We'll either be preparing for a show and just repping a set mm -hmm. or just trying to get the instrumentals tight for recording. I can say I'm the last to always come up with a part. <laughs> with that song, I still don't have a part down for the end. Yeah, don't know what I'm doing yet. <laughs> but until until he's ready to record, and until that's and that's it. Then. Yeah, well, that's gospel sometimes. Whatever, when it's put down and it's recorded, that's the part. Yeah. Are you the sort of person that can't get a project done until the deadline is like three hours away? Oh my god, yeah. You should have seen me in high school. Yeah. <laughs> You just need to tell him that you got a gig the next day or something. Yeah. You're going to be in the recording you know studio. <laughs> I'd still wing it. <laughs> That's, and, and more often than not, that works out. So. It's, uh, you know, it depends. Depends on the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'd love to hear another song. So yeah. what you guys got? Um, yeah, so this next song I'll just give a little background to. Um, fast, you know, kind of rewind to, I think, 2007 um, when Eric and I were in a band together. Um we did a lot of kind of jams that coincided with my brother, who was a really fantastic drummer. And my brother played in a band called Postage 25. And they were a really excellent indie rock band with a really charismatic, young, incredible singer by the name of Steven Salazar. He wrote incredible songs. Um, they were, you know, I used to listen to them and think that they were ready to go. I thought they were going to be big. Um, things dissipated. They broke up and... Sadly, a couple of years ago, Stephen passed away in a motorcycle accident, um, but their music was really near and dear to my heart, and talking to my brother Cullen about, who was the drummer of this band, talking about Stephen's passing and what we might be able to do, and um, I said, I'd really like to take this song, Jenny, that you guys played and, and kind of do it with my band and make it our own a little bit, and he said, please do, I'd, be, it would, I'd love to see that, and Stephen would love it. Um, so that's what we're going to do. The song is Jenny. It's originally by my brother's band and Steven Salazar um, in Postage 25. Um, but this is our kind of little, little take on it. So. <laughs>
Jenny there by Good Morning Gills. And I really do want to give credit to the original band. What, they, what were they called again? Postage 25. Postage 25 do, did the uh, the original of that song. Um, so, uh, I mean, beautiful, tragic reason to write a song, but a beautiful story nonetheless. Um, how much of that did you did you adapt and make your own, and how much did you kind of leave that core core uh, you know uh, soul of the song within? I think we um, we made it our own energy a little bit, but the song is more or less the same. Yeah. Um, there were certain bits that made it what it is: the bass line, the drum groove. Um, you know, I think. Um, Steven had a huge spirit and trying to capture his vocal um, was really hard. <laughs> he, had a, he was he was a kind of smaller guy with a really able to hit a lot of high notes and mm. really kind of, you know, a lot of like Jeff Buckley influence. Mm -hmm. um, and that's hard to do, but trying to kind of retain that spirit. I just always love the energy of that song. Um, kind of as long as I've been hearing it. It's been a long time now. Yeah. So... Um, is that is that ever likely to to see uh, an EP or an album as well, or is yep. that kind of like sacred at this point? No, that's um, you know my brother being the drummer of the band and talking to other members that got full blessing. Okay. So that'll likely be appear on an album or an EP. Wonderful. So. Well, it sounds like you're really coming together with this album <laughs> slash EP at this point. Doesn't we're getting doesn't, on it. Yeah. Doesn't, we have like five songs, so we're we're like halfway. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. I was going to say, it sounds like, you know, there's at least a, a solid trajectory towards getting that that in place. Um, I reckon um, with you, you're obviously the, the the songwriter for the group and also the arranger, it seems, as well. You've got a little bit of a Beach Boys thing going on here. Um, what's your what's kind of your process? What Are you writing about anything particular? Do you have to be in a certain mood? Is it... Uh, are you being very literal about things that are happening in your own life or are you kind of taking things kind of more of a 30,000-foot view? How, how do you get to, into the right place? Yeah, no, I think, frankly, it's all of the above. If, if anything, I would say that lyrics are probably the thing that I, I do last. More often than not, it'll be like a, a metal, melody or, or a beat or something that'll just kind of come to me in day-to-day -day life and I'll sing it into my voice memos and come back to it when I actually have time and an instrument to approach it with and kind of expand on it from there. But usually it's just kind of just catch something from a passing moment in the day and, and harness it into something from there. I gotta say, voice memos are the untold hero oh, yeah. for any any band in in modern times. The amount of Mona Lisa's we've probably got on voice memo <laughs> yeah. uh, on, on phones across the world is, is un unknown, obviously, but yeah. We kind of had that in high school, but not to the like level of simplicity and sound quality that we can do now. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. right. Like in like practices, like we'll be, uh, we've been like uh, jamming out like a lot more. And I think that the voice memos is great because we come up with something and then Eric will just click uh, record and we'll record a piece of it and then, you know, Go from there, but yeah, voice memos. How unwieldy is that? Is that folder at this point? How many how many voice memos have you got in there? Do you arrange it, or is it kind of just like? Boof? I'll I'll give it a uh, like a whatever date it was it was and maybe a working title, but it's probably about a third of my iTunes at this point. Just kind of <laughs> <laughs> gigabytes upon gigabytes yeah, of voice ideas, memos, most yeah. of which never really go anywhere, but. Yeah, and so you said the lyrics kind of come last. Is yeah. are, are you, do you draw from somewhere in particular? Or do you listen to something, or is it 
just as you write it, it will it will kind of come. Yeah, I think it's as as I write it, it kind of comes comes into form. Um, you know, I mean, maybe it'll be things about day to day life or happening in my own life, but all just as much things that I kind of observe in the more macro, broader world around me, and trying to just you know put my two cents down and put it in a song. Right, yeah. I've been told a lot of times that, that writing and creating music is very much like therapy in itself, only a bit cheaper. Actually, more expensive if we, had, <laughs> if we put in studio, you get to the studio. studio time and equipment, <laughs> yeah. then probably a bit more expensive. But yeah. Um, yeah, so let's talk about you guys playing live a little bit. So, as you said, before pandemic hit, uh, you played that last Radio Bean show, and then that was it forever. I've seen since then, well, not maybe it's since then, but at least this summer, you've been you played Radio Bean, so you played Monkey House as well. Yeah, what's what's the uh, difference between you guys in the studio and you guys doing a, a, a live gig? Which one do you prefer? Mm, that's a good question. We didn't play at Monkey House, by the way, just to oh. correct. But we did play Radio Bean. We have Bean. played there in the we past. We did 14 Star um, mm. a couple yeah. weeks ago. Uh, Troy Millette hosts every week the... Um, I forget what he calls it, but every week there's a series at 14 Star, a great series with three local bands playing, and he, we were lucky enough to be a part of that. Um, but to speak to the question, um, live, live, <laughs> I, I, live. Yeah. I mean, personally, I, playing live is like my favorite thing to do in the entire world, mm. probably. So recording can be very stressful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about just being in a practice space? Though? Is, it, is it better to have a few beers with boys <laughs> and being, I'm assuming, one of your basements? Or is it better to be, yeah, uh, in, you know, 14 Star or Radio Beam? Um, we certainly have fun in the basement. but We yeah, do have fun, but it's always uh, better to be in front of people. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. always preferable. Yeah. You um, get that added energy. It's fun. Yeah, you feed off the audience, and that, that typically drives us up to another level that we don't always reach in the basement, you know. Yeah. Mm, I see. But a lot, that's, the basement's where all the hard work gets done, too, though. Right. Right, you're putting, and then that's why being like going live is great because you're kind of showing off that that finished product, mm -hmm. that uh, you know the, the thing that you want to display to the world. So I can imagine it's quite satisfying. Definitely, I think you know we definitely look at our sets and we try to rearrange them and, and try to make them new and fun every single like um, you know live show. So we're not always coming out with the same exact set. You know, we always try to arrange it and okay, is this song flowing into that one? All right, that ends on that key, so is that gonna flow into that one? So we definitely like take pride in, in you know, putting a set out. Um, it's not just uh, the same one every time. It's a little bit different. When we started playing back in 2018, or when I started playing with these guys, we were doing the three hour sets at Manhattan's <laughs> and um, you know, 10 to one, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. and we would be like, all right guys, we gotta have other songs we can play. Like you're trying to <laughs> fill out space. It was a much different thing where now we're, it's like, it's it really feels kind of like a blessing to be able to have all these songs you can choose from and create different right. vibes and not have to do the same thing over and over again. But um, it takes time. Yeah. Well, at least now you'd have to put in like twenty five minute long guitar solos or. Yeah, you know, we're not gonna we're not a jam band. <laughs> yeah. You know. No. Mm -mm. But, Just very long diatribes to the audience in front of you. Maybe bring a book, read it, read it. To them. Yeah, you will get there maybe <laughs> if people want it. Do you uh, do you primarily play the songs that you've released, or is it kind of oh yeah, I, we 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 nailed this in the basement the other day. Let's bring it out for a live set. Um, do you just kind of know when those are ready and stick them out straight away, or do you do you wait and like no, we're going to save this one for the when the album gets released? Oh, I th we're not shy about putting new <laughs> stuff out. You know? Yeah, I don't think we've ever waited to. I think if a song's ready, we play it. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, uh, do you ever kind of, after hearing the, the audience reaction or seeing the reaction, ever kind of go back and tweak or change or anything? Or is it once you've kind of played it out, that's it? You've, you're lying underneath it. I think, I think, if anything, the audience is more affirmation, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily feedback. <laughs> um, okay, I got you. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of the times um, we find out what what song works in a certain time period in the set. I think that's the most that you learn, and you know, you play a certain song last, and you know that that works. Right. Yeah. We have a song that we're st- we're playing live, and it's still called "New Song." So, like, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. always you know. There's yeah. never yeah. Audience doesn't know that. Of course not. No, yeah. You guys do. I was going to say, don't listen to us yahoos about, you know, your music, you know, just play what feels good. Um, Well, talking of live uh, performances, have you got any coming up that you would like to plug away? And also, uh, like, social media and whatnot, how would people follow you or find you if they wanted to? Yeah, so for Instagram, we're we're Good Morning Gills. Mm -hmm. Um, G-I-L-S. Not girls and not Jills with Gills with two L's. Got it. And, I mean, as far as, you know, you can find us on any listening platform, Spotify, Apple Music. Bandcamp. Yep, Bandcamp, the works, yeah. We have a live set coming up on um, Sunday with Tim Lewis, Mm -hmm. um, doing the Sounds of Burlington with him. So that's going to be good. Um, As far as live in-person stuff, we don't have anything set in stone at the moment. So just kind of... Keep an eye out. Taking yeah, things as yeah, they come. Yeah. We're in talks. There's things yeah, on the back burner. And, yeah. we, and we just came off a couple shows uh, yeah. in April and March. Uh, we were over at Radio Bean and obviously 14th Star. Um, so always looking. Yeah. yeah. Well, good to get you out and about in the summer, you know, yeah. or a porch gig or a, an outsource thing. I know Orlando's is still doing outdoor gigs. So yeah. I feel like you guys would be a good, good addition to their lineup. So hopefully I'll see you out and about at some point. Um, well, we've got about time for one more song. So what have you got to play that with? Yeah, so this next song is called September Vibe. Um, it was off of The View From Here, our, our last EP. We actually uh, kind of put it out as, I don't know, maybe as an unofficial single. We made a music video for it. Um, so yeah, we'll play that one for it uh, to, to, to end up here.
Good morning, girls. Playing us out there with September Vibe. Guys, thank you so much for coming in the studio. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Of course. And uh, yeah, please come back in when this album finally gets done. I actually have faith it's going to get done because it sounds like you guys actually, you know... Stick, stick to your schedules. Find a way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try. Well, uh, catch us next week when we've got Dylan Patrick Ward coming in the studio. But for tonight, this has been WOMM LP operating out of Burlington. It's been 105.9 The Radiator, The Rocket Shop. I've been your host, Don Proctor. And good night. Hey, thank you guys so much. Thanks, guys. Thank to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, that was really good, guys. You guys are tight. <laughs>